Hello and welcome to New Dad. This is your host, Uncle Tickles. This is our first progress report episode. I will uh, jump right into things, but before we do, one quick announcement. Next week, New Dad will either be taking a week off or we'll just put out a tiny little mini episode uh, to meet the new Pappas. Solomon is, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, scheduled to come into this world on February 6th. It's a Thursday. And uh, we're very excited. We're going to spend the next, uh, you know, well, the next rest of his life loving on him. But um, in terms of this podcast, I'm going to take a week off and uh, and then catch you guys back next week. So um, this is our first progress report episode. As I said, I'm excited to talk to some of the experts we have. Uh, I haven't had a ton of progress in these categories, um, so it shouldn't be a, a very long one. We'll get into all that. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Prop costs, take this away. Welcome back. This is Uncle Tickles, and this is our first progress report episode. So, uh, a lot of you are probably wondering what are these progress report episodes? Uh, you've mentioned them. I haven't done a great job of really um, connecting the dots with how these fit into the other episodes. So we'll take a minute to kind of get into that. Um, you know, as you can probably tell if you've listened or watched any of the previous episodes, they're a long interview format. You know, we take a topic, we delve into it, we try to have a little fun at the end. Um, these progress report episodes are going to be more geared towards, uh, you know, reflecting on myself and. I've identified some areas in my life that I think I can improve uh, upon. And I think that's something that a lot of people out there can relate to. You know, no one's perfect. We're all human. And I am going to use these episodes, which should occur every uh, once every four episodes. And uh, so you'll get four of them in season one. And they're going to follow my progress on these uh, areas I'm going to highlight here in a second. Um, the idea being that, you know, in my journey to become a better person. And you may notice as you listen, there aren't a lot of uh, goals here focused on being a dad or my relationship with Shepard. Uh, but these goals I do think will, if achieved, result in me being a better parent, uh, a better dad, and really someone that my son can look up to and admire. And, um, and that's what this is all about. It's really about establishing these m more healthy modes of uh, operating, you know, or, uh, you know, basically healthier and more positive habits. And, uh, you know, all parents can attest our kids are little parrots, right? They watch us, they learn from us, they repeat our actions, they repeat our words. And uh, that's something I'm very mindful of now, especially with an 18 month old and, uh, and a new baby do any day now. So um, I'm going to get into the categories that I've identified and uh, really, you know, there's a lot more that I could improve upon. I'm not saying that these are my only faults or these are my only areas of weakness. These are the ones I'm going to be focusing on here in season one. And we alluded to some of these in episode one when we talked to uh, my brother, Jono and Lita. Um, but now I'm going to hopefully more clearly define what these are. So the first area is health. Um, that's pretty broad. So I define that as uh one, uh, I want to increase my activity as far as, uh, you know, my leisurely time spent at home. Um, you know, I have a full-time job. I am a dad. I'm doing this podcast. Uh, I have a number of other interests as we'll get to in our third goal. But, um, you know, I 
do have downtime. And when we spend that time with uh, my son, uh, you know, it's a lot of times it's spent playing, but sometimes it's spent uh, in front of a TV, um, as we heard in the screen time episode. So uh, I want him to start seeing me have a, a more active lifestyle in hopes that he will then try to imitate that and have an active lifestyle himself. You know, I think one of the gripes I hear from parents is the amount of time that kids spend inside, whether it's uh, gaming or watching TV. Um, and I think it's a generational thing. Every generation thinks that the generation that came after them is less active or spends less time, uh, you know, outside. Uh, I remember certainly hearing it from my parents and, you know, I do believe that you know, we spent a lot of time on our bikes and at parks and there'd be times when, you know, we'd be gone by 8.30 a.m. and not come back till the streetlights went out. So, um, you know, I'm sure that's still, you know, very much happening with kids these days. Uh, I don't know if it's happening as much. Um, and my parents would have said that they thought that we were couch potatoes compared to them. So, um, you know, that's the first thing. And, you know, part of that is just, you know, things I could do in, in terms of, you know, taking them to a forest preserve, uh, which we did this past week, or a park, or, you know, even sometimes just as simple as a walk around the block. These things are, these are activities that, are, that don't center around stationary play or stationary watching of a, of a device. Um, and it seems something, something really small, but, uh, you know, I think it goes a long way. And then uh, taking that a step further, you know, uh, my own health as far as exercise. So him seeing me make time for that, I think is important. Um, I want him to value his, his health. And I think this is something that if you don't make time uh, for your wellness now, you'll be forced to make time for an illness down the road type deal. Um, certainly I've seen that with my own parents uh, and something I want to avoid for myself. So um, this isn't something I'm saying where I want to lose 40 pounds, but the idea of uh, just being more fit and active, even if it's just two or three days a week, uh, or whether it's uh, being more mindful of what I put into my body, all these things kind of uh, kind of gel into this, this one goal of being more healthy. Um, the nice thing about it is <laughs> if I do become more active and I uh, do start being more mindful of the things that go into my body. And, and again, this is not to say that I'm going to get, you know, strict and go keto or no carbs or anything like that. But it's just, um, you know, hey, if I had a heavy lunch, maybe having a lighter dinner or vice versa. Um, hey, you know, I, I did kind of overdo it on candy on Sunday. So this, this work week, I'm going to try to really be good about sweets. Um, limiting my soda intake, um, those sort of things. Um, I don't think I'll ever want to become someone who, you know, takes fast food and kicks it out of bed. And that's uh, something I really enjoy. And uh, just food in general is something I enjoy. So, um, you know, it's, again, being more mindful. And uh, and the, the nice added benefit is if I'm doing that and I'm more active and exercising, weight loss should be a uh, byproduct of all that. Um, and then another byproduct is hopefully my wife finds me more attractive, which is never a bad thing. Um, so that is health. It's really pretty self-explanatory. We have an expert later on the show coming to talk to me about uh, my progress in this endeavor so far and uh, things I can do to improve because, spoiler alert, the progress is almost zero. So um, the next goal is uh, my role as a husband. And this is something, again... Um, I think that having my son see me treat his mother, um, 
with respect and with love and also see me taking steps and making sacrifices to become a better person for her, um, it, it, my hope is that he sees that and it gives him this healthy idea of what a good relationship is and also uh, instills in him a certain idea of how to treat your partner, uh, whoever that may be later on in his life. And it, I, I know it sounds kind of silly to be thinking about those things when the kid's 18 month old, you know, only 18 months old. And, you know, I don't know when dating begins. I, I think I girls started showing up on my radar around third grade, not that I had girlfriends, but, um, you know, so it's not that far down the road um, that he might start, you know, being interested in one sex or the other. And, um, you know, shortly after that, you do start to date. And I think a lot of people out there who struggle in relationships, if, uh, if they stop and think about it, perhaps didn't have the best relationships growing up to model after or to learn from. So um, that's one thing that I really want to help him with. I want him to, uh, you know, look at me as someone that he does want to model himself after in that regard. Um, so what does that mean? What does being a better husband mean? Well, it's going to look different for a lot of different people, right? Uh, if you're listening and you're a, a husband, your struggles uh, may be different than mine. So um, these are very specific to me. Uh, I chose these because I felt as though um, these are reasonable requests for my wife. And uh, I can make maximum impact with very little exertion on my end um, and also make her you know, really happy. So I, essentially, uh, that's a lot of words to say. I went with some of the low-hanging fruit. Again, like with uh, the health goal, it's kind of uh, about just developing better habits. And uh, so for me, that means, uh, you know, one thing is just picking up after myself a little bit better. I have a tendency to leave my socks places, uh, leave cups out. Uh, you know, if I am tinkering with something, I'm not always good about putting it right back afterwards. And I know that it, it's a source of frustration and she's asked me to be more mindful of it. And I try, but um, you know, it's something I haven't done very a very good job of and i uh, i do want her to know that it's not because um, you know it's it's not a willful disobedience or um you know because i it's going in one ear out the other it's just a habit that i'm having a hard time developing and uh and, you know i think admitting that is part of it um but then you know there has to be a point where you kind of uh suck it up and you know whatever whatever failures I'm having, you know, they, they rest squarely on my shoulders. So this is something I'm going to try a lot harder at. This also, you know, socks is part of the problem. The bigger part problem is laundry in general. Um, you know, that might mean having to get rid of a lot of stuff. Um, so I don't have so many clothes to build up. And that's something I've, I've for whatever reason, had a problem with in the past. So um, that's one thing we, we do plan on having a stylist come in in a later episode, help me with, uh, my style a little bit as a dad. Um, and part of that might be paring down my wardrobe quite a bit. So stay tuned for that. Um, but it's a matter of doing the laundry in, uh, you know, a fast expeditious manner and then putting it away once it's done. Um, that covers that part of being a husband, the, you know, the low hanging fruit, the harder stuff is some of the the relationship stuff, right? And uh, and I think for me personally, 
you know, there are a couple small things I can do. Again, um, these seem like small things, but, uh, you know, they, they are, for lack of a better term, causing a slight uh, distance or gap between us. Um, and, and one of those things is, you know, she's a morning person, I'm a night person. Again, this is something I think a lot of couples, you know, regardless uh, of gender or uh, roles can relate to, right? You know, we're not all the same. We're not always 100% compatible. So she goes to bed and I stay up, uh, whether it's working on this podcast or watching TV or reading or a multitude of other things. Um, and I'm going to make more time to to make a point to go to bed, um, you know, when she does. And that doesn't necessarily mean going to bed. That just means go up with her, lay down. And uh, when she falls asleep or when she's near falling asleep, you know, maybe I can slip out and then do my thing. But I, I it's just to make a point of that, uh, you know, I value this time, this connection, um, and let's do this together. You know, th this is not easy stuff to talk about, guys. So, um, you know, communication, that is something I think we do a good enough job of, but, uh, you know, I can improve. And part of that is, you know, just being in the moment. Um, we, we are pulled a bunch of different ways in our life, and it's only going to get worse now with a second kid being added to that equation. And anything I can do to be more mindful, and the, the word mindful is going to keep happening because that's really, um, at this point, what a lot of it is. It's just, it, it's not that I'm unaware of how to do it or, or or how to make these changes. It's just thinking of it because it's a it's a habit I haven't quite developed. And it takes time and you really have to exercise that muscle um, that makes these sort of things second nature, right? So being in the moment, not thinking about something at work when when I do get home or not thinking about, uh, you know, how I miss an opportunity uh, in an interview with one of our podcast guests or something that might just be bugging me personally, you know, whatever the case may be, but letting go of those things, you know, there's a time and place for, for me to think and really, uh, you know, focus on those things it's not during the times when, the, you know, the, the small time that Lee and I have to, to connect, you know, because uh, there's there's enough distractions. And uh, and so that means putting the phone down. That means truly engaging when she speaks to me. Um, and, you know, I, I think these are things that we're all kind of guilty of. And if you have a, a couple in your life that you, you really admire, um, you know, in terms of their connection or... Uh, you know, just as far as a couple in general, I, I bet that this is something that they do well. Or, or, you know, you look to them and you say, wow, you know, they're, they're, they're really good at this. Or maybe that's, you have a hard time putting words on what it is about them that make them a couple that you admire. But um, it probably has to do with this connection, this mutual respect they have for each other's word and thoughts. And, um, and again, me and Lino do communicate uh, I think we're effective communicators. I don't know if we're the best in the world always. And so this is something I'm going to try to improve upon. And also, you know, that's a connection thing, right? The the communication, it it, it is. And then there's the physical connection. Uh, and this doesn't mean just sex, but this is just uh, those little things that I think come easy at the beginning of a relationship. And as you spend, you know, 10, 20, 15 years, and, you know, we're, we're not there, but um, we're approaching 10 years, you know, something happens, you know, and I don't know what that is. And it doesn't happen with everybody, but I think a lot of couples, uh, they start to take each other for granted in that regard. And, 
um, you know, you just become a little less lovey-dovey. And, um, you know, part of it's a product of life. Part of it's a product of your schedule is getting crazy. Um, you know, and that's a product of kids, you know. But there are also a lot of people who do make this, uh, you know, a priority. And I haven't done enough of that. So um, moving forward, I'm going to try to make, uh, you know, small things, uh, a hand on the back, uh, a rub of the shoulders, you know, putting your head down on that person, you know, when you're laying on the couch versus, you know, having your own personal space. These are all things that very small gestures that can go a very long way. That is uh, a lot of the connection related stuff I had. And then there's really just uh, this last aspect, which is, this is something I, I hope a lot of people can relate to, but it's this idea that uh, my perception is that my wife knows how beautiful I think she is. And my perception is that she's aware of how highly she stands in my regard. So uh, whether that's, you know, from a standpoint of intelligence or beauty or, uh, you know, how funny I find her or just, you know, how much I enjoy being with her. That's my perception is those things are very aware or, or very clear through my actions. But that's, I'm seeing those through my eyes, you know, that's my perception. So my attempt is to be in a position where there is no uncertainty about, you know, how I feel because I'm making her and, and those uh, around her aware that, that, that this is happening, not just through my actions, but through my words as well. And so that means saying, I love you more. That means when she, you know, looks stunning, letting her know that, you know, again, it's stuff I think, but it doesn't always come out. And I don't know why, you know, I, I, I don't know why uh, there over time becomes this block between your brain and your mouth, but it's, you know, it, it, those things don't come out as much as they used to. Right. And so I want to improve those things. So though, a lot of goals as far as a husband, and I think, you know, Lita would say I'm a much better dad than I am a husband. And, uh, yeah, again, it's admitting that and knowing that there's a lot of room for improvement. I think that goes a long way. So those will be my goals as a husband. Uh, I think this will be my toughest road, even though those everything I mentioned for a lot of people will seem like second nature or, or won't seem very hard at all. But I, like I said at the top, you know, my struggles aren't going to be your struggles. Perhaps, you know, you smack your wife around. That's a different struggle. Or, you know, you might struggle with uh, substance abuse or, um, you know, these are big, big things. But um, or it just might be something where, uh, you know, you're overcritical or you, your expectations are too high, whatever the case may be. I think sometimes we can, you know, reflect internally, identify these things and say, I can do better in, in this regard. So it's going to take me to my last category, which is life balance. So how I define life balance is, uh, you know, I'm pouring these, this time and effort into my wife. Uh, I'm pouring this time and effort into my son, um, leaves very little time to pour anything into myself. Um, and again, this is something I see a lot of parents fall into where their whole lives become their wives, their husbands, their kids. And then at some point those kids grow up and they leave the house and the, the parents are left to kind of look at each other and realize that, they become strangers to each other or 
you know, their kid, you know, they realize that their whole lives were their children and, uh, and they struggle with the, the, the free time or they struggle with the idea that their identity has now been kind of taken away because they, their identity was being a dad or being a mom. Um, and now that their kids don't need them, um, what are they supposed to do and who are they? And I, I saw my own parents suffer from this uh, greatly. Um, my mom more than my dad, but she's struggled with some substance abuse herself. And I think that in large part that that had to do with us leaving the house um, and her identity being totally tied to being a mom. Um, you know, her circle of friends had kind of fallen by the wayside because she didn't have time for friends, driving us to all the stuff we had. Her hobbies, you know, just dissipated over time because, again, we were her hobbies. Social events were our games, our practices, parties that we had to go to, that sort of thing. Um, so for me, I want to, inv you know, spend more time investing in me, A, so that doesn't happen. So, you know, when Shep and Solomon grow up and move out, I have, uh, you know, a life worth living and that I'm very happy with that I've built. And I think that <laughs> that's done through investing into your friendships that you have, you know, outside of your wife and your children. So for me, it is making more of an effort to stay connected to, to my friends. And I, I think that, especially for guys, you know, we're not always the greatest planners. So uh, being proactive and in, in trying to plan things and, uh, you know, make sure that they know it's important um, that even though we may not see each other as much, it's important to me to, to, to keep that connection, um, to make sure that they know that, you know, if on the drop of a dime, I would do anything for them. And, and that's the easier of the two, right? So, so that's, you know, just maintaining friendships and, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to go and bounce your troubles off of someone who isn't your wife or, you know, not to lay those burdens on your children, right? So having those outlets and those people in your life, it, it's sometimes can mean the difference of going overboard or kind of having someone be able to bring you to your senses. The other area is hobbies. So one thing I've talked about a lot is A Song of Ice and Fire. And it's not just a, a series of books and a TV show that I've really enjoyed, but it's brought some really wonderful people into my life. And those people have led me to some of the, the conventions that surround the fandom. And as part of that, I've started speaking at some of these. So I, last year I spoke at Ice and Fire Con and Con of Thrones. Um, this year I'm hoping uh, it looks like I'll be speaking at Ice and Fire Con again. This is... Again, it's just something that I really enjoy. I'm able to spend some time doing, and it's it's rewarding from a from a, a number of of aspects. You know, reading something I didn't enjoy as a child and I picked up later in life, and I really want to instill that love of reading in my son. We read to him a lot, and the the second thing is that you know, like I said, it's it's brought me this network of friends that I would have never had otherwise. We don't live. Uh, in any close proximity to each other. Um, we come from different walks of life, economic backgrounds. You know, it's really a, a really strange mix of people, but they've become some of my closest friends. This is something that when you're looking for a hobby, I think it hits all the marks. You know, you want something that is gratifying. Um, hopefully it enriches your life in, in, in some regard and it's healthy and not de detrimental. So, checks all those boxes. And 
excited to bring a few people from the Song of Ice and Fire world onto this podcast in future episodes. I think we're going to have Aziz and Ashea come on. Uh, they were uh, my gateway drug into the fandom, and they host uh, my favorite podcast, uh, one I've become invested, you know, involved in. So this is you know another part of that hobby. I'm a moderator for their uh, Facebook group that uh, has resulted in their podcast. So that's, you know, another hobby on the thing, but it's a Song of Ice and Fire related, so it's all under the same umbrella. So we have investing in in, in your friends. Uh, we have one hobby in the Song of Ice and Fire. Another hobby that I really enjoy is playing instruments. It's not nothing I'm, I'm good at. Kind of self-taught myself to play the guitar. I can pluck out a few songs on the keyboard or piano. And, uh, you know, now I've kind of moved into this phase where I want to learn how to play the drums. And I was taking some lessons earlier. There was a little hiatus or, you know, when my drums got moved to the garage for Shepard's first birthday party. But it's something I really want to get back into. So I'm going to be restarting lessons and we're going to have my drum teacher, Marshall, come on uh, in a later episode. So hopefully we'll be posting videos to my Instagram showcasing my progress in that regard. And season one, I think I'm just going to focus on you know, learning a song completely, you know, it won't be an easy one, but haven't chose it yet. We're going back be between a couple different songs and then maybe performing it live on the finale or uh, just performing it, recording it, and then <laughs> playing it on the finale, which is more realistic to what's going to happen. That's another hobby. It's going to uh, take some time. It'll be nice while I'm off on paternity leave. I'll, uh, I'll restart my lessons and then um, hopefully by the end of four weeks, have this song down pretty pat and uh, be able to procure some musicians to perform it for you guys. So that's it. Those are the, the areas I'm focusing on from a, from a life balance perspective. Uh, the podcast could probably be put on there too as a hobby. You know, it's certainly a lot of work. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily uh, would be considered a hobby, but, you know, I'm hoping that this is enough to to make me feel as though, uh, you know, I'm not just being a dad, being a husband, going to bed, waking up and doing it all over again. It's hopefully this is tied together, this idea of these progress reports and what they're going to focus on and, and how we're going to deal with them. Um, you know, we are going to go to our first expert here in a moment, Angela, and she's going to talk about ways that I can improve my health. So stay tuned. We're going to hear from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to have Angela Wynn talk about fitness and nutrition. So thanks for staying with me and see you in one second. Go to our sponsor, Sleep 6 Mattresses. Sleep 6. Sleep made simple. Make the most of what you get. Good again. Welcome back. This is Uncle Tickles. We have our first expert from Minneapolis, Minnesota on the line to talk to you a little bit about all the progress I am not making in my journey to improve my health. We are going to introduce you to Angela Wynn. Angela, tell all of Uncle Tickle's listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Angela. Um, I am a 33-year-old mom in St. Paul, Minnesota. I come from a extensive background in fitness, nutrition. I'm currently enrolled as a nutrition and dietetics student um, and a mom to a six-year-old, soon to be seven, um, daughter. 
And I believe outside of Lita, you are the first mom on the podcast. We have another mom coming up shortly after you who also spent some uh, time living in the, the Twin Cities. I, I, I said you were from Minneapolis and you're from St. Paul. So yeah. I, I always get those twins mixed up. Yeah, I get them mixed up occasionally. Um, it, I think you're an excellent, you know, one of the excellent people to have on as a first mom um, because new dad, uh, obviously there's dad in the title, but this is not just a podcast for dads or uh, traditional families. It's, this is really a podcast for anyone with a child. So um, whether you're a same sex couple with children or you're a single dad or a single mom, I, I, my hope is that you can listen to an episode of, of new dad and take something away and, and enjoy it. So um, you, as you mentioned, you're a, a student, uh, you have a full-time job, you have a daughter, um, that's really enough for most people. But on top of that, um, you're finding time to, to make it to the gym regularly enough to compete also uh, as, a, as a fitness athlete. Um, so, so where do you find all the time to do it? <laughs> Just simply put, yeah, coffee, okay. I, well, I, I drink coffee, so I'm halfway there, right? <laughs> I'm halfway there. Um, honestly, it's about, I think it, I tie it back to my why it, it's become such at one point it wasn't my everyday situation, but over the course of keeping up with it, um, it just happens just like brushing your teeth. I always refer to that cause it's like, we do it, you do it, you don't think about it. But at one point when like my daughter right now, she brushing her teeth, it's like, bah, I don't want to, <laughs> but the more you do it eventually just becomes habit. Um, so it's definitely like I need it. it. It just, it's definitely part of my day. It's me. <laughs> and, and you talk about it being habit forming. So uh, I am struggling. It is very much not a second uh, nature thing to me at this point. Do you remember struggling with the gym at all ever? Whether it be, um, you know, in the beginning or is it something you still struggle with to this day? I definitely still struggle. We all have our days. We're human. Um, going all the time it, it is definitely exhausting um but it kind of triggers back to finding you know like that why keeps me just keeps me going the days that i am there and i'm struggling it's just the mental game you play with yourself or talk through with other people accountability people that know you know what your goals are it makes it a little bit easier to kind of stick to it so are you saying that i don't love my wife and child enough because i'm not running they're my whys. I should be doing. I love them very much. That was why? one of my questions, though. Like, we were going to get into the nitty-gritty. Like, what is your why and, and what things, like, you want to improve on? Because I think that all, whether it's Jim or, like, you starting the podcast and, like, the effort of you, you know, putting into this podcast, it all speaks from, like, your why and wanting to do it. And when it's a priority, it, it just naturally will start to happen easier and easier once it starts sticking to it. Well, I sure hope so because right now it's uh, – it's really pulling teeth, although I, you know, I do have this injury, so I'm using that as a part excuse, but it's, it's not going to keep me from the treadmill, I, or it shouldn't keep me from the treadmill, I know that much at least. Um, I, you know, I, I'm interested, you say it's a struggle, uh, you seem like this super mom who does everything, so um, how much of, and, you know, and, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about what my goal is, right? Um, and, and my goal is just, you know, it's not like I want to lose 20 pounds. Um, I'd like to look a little bit better with my shirt off. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it if the neighborhood people didn't come at my door with their torches and pitchforks. 
That would be that, that would be swell. Um, but you know, I, I don't need a six pack at this point either. You know, I'm not trying to do that. What I really want, what I really hope for, is uh, for my son to see me just being more active, and um, as a result, to want to mimic that active lifestyle or more active activities versus seeing me uh, sit on a on a couch watching a TV and that's what he wants to do or um, picking up every toy and pretending it's a phone or looking at it, you know, like you want him to engage in more uh, activities that are going to be beneficial to his development overall. And, and also just his, his overall health as well, you know? Um, so, that, so, so that's number one. Um, you know, I, I do want to eat better. Um, I'm also not trying to uh, live this like puritanical eating lifestyle. So I, you know, I want my cheat days. I need my cheat days. I need my cheat foods. Two donuts today. <laughs> oh, perfect. The idea being that, you know, if I'm, if I'm watching what I'm putting into my body more, and if I'm exercising more than the non-exercise I'm doing now, weight loss will be, you know, whether or not it's something I'm intending for or, or desiring, it's going to be a, a, one of the side effects, right? But primarily my uh, you know, my two biggest whys are my son, Shep. And also, you know, I'm sure it's not easy for my wife to be attracted to someone that looks like her while she's currently nine months pregnant, you know? Um, so, so, so those are my whys. I'm curious, how much would you say of that? And this is the question I wanted to start off with. How much would you say of my battle is nutrition and how much of it is exercise? Because I, I know it's kind of a, a two-way street. It's like, yeah, because I don't know how much you're exercising or not exercising. Mean, I'm, like, not exer- I'm not exercising at all. At okay. all. Like right now, there is currently zero exercise in my okay. life outside of walking the dogs, walking. What did you have for breakfast? <laughs> what did I have for breakfast? Yeah. Coffee. That's it. I had coffee for breakfast. For dinner what? or for lunch, I had sushi and I haven't had dinner yet. Okay. So you that's. Read- <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. We're gonna, you're going to start eating breakfast and not just have coffee and you're going to eat a dinner. <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, in my defense, I do plan on eating a dinner, uh, maybe two dinners tonight. We'll see one right after this interview and then uh, <laughs> potent, potentially one later when I'm editing, when I'm editing. So perspective, if I've eaten more than you being a male who's probably taller than me, heavier than me, if I'm eating more than you, that's not okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't trust me. I'm making up for it. I'm not missing meals, bro. And I, I don't want you to, to don't don't cry for me, Argentina is what I would say in that regard. So, you, you know, you mentioned you had a couple donuts today. Um, what does your typical, you know, day of meals look like? Are you someone that's eating five times a day? Are you, um, you know, very small meals? So, so just, I guess, put it out there. What do your meals look like? In my brain, I look at, at food as fuel. So I think proteins, fats, carbs, what are these doing for me versus like enjoying food in a sense, like that way, like as as a treat. I feel like I can help you enjoy food and you can help me look at food as fuel because I really, really, really enjoy food. I for years have said like, I literally look at food now and it's taken me time. Like this is again from years of experience and like just building myself up to this level of like I could eat all day and turn around and, and explain to you how many grams of protein, fats, and carbs I just put into my body when. But like again, that's just 
trying to understand like what my goals are versus what your goals are, are completely different and why I'm doing it, you know, making sure that's known. Um, it all kind of ties in together. Totally. And I could tell you every item on the McDonald's dollar menu. So I, I, I could... McDonald's, I go there, my <laughs> there and I start at the menu and they like want you to ramble off your order so fast. And I'm like, I don't even know what this says. Like, what's going on? Well, well, and I, but I, I do want you to, to uh, kind of give us a glimpse into what those meals look like. So um, you're eating five times a day. Um, yep. You know, so what's that first meal look like? Every morning I eat two eggs. <laughs> I add egg whites to my to my breakfast to get my protein intake up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you have two eggs on top of two egg whites? Um, or is it just I, two egg whites? Depends on how we're looking at the egg whites. But normally it's like a quarter of a cup to a half a cup of egg whites. Okay. In eggs and I make scrambled eggs. Okay. Um, chicken apple sausage is topped in there some salt, some pepper. Um, and then throughout the day, it's where I pay attention to having like a carb, grains, um, in that sense, fruits, vegetables, and protein. So I eat a lot of chicken, I eat a lot of eggs, um, a lot of oatmeal, I eat a lot of rice, <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So that's what you eat. Is that, are you feeding your daughter the same stuff or are you cooking her separate meals? Separate. Separate. Um, so I make it known, like, I'm choosing to, to be an extreme for so much, you know, like for three months out of 2019, I was very extreme. My daughter's not choosing to be extreme. She's still a kid. Um, she does understand, like, I speak throughout the day while I'm cooking. She understands fruits, vegetables milk, calcium, it just comes out of my mouth naturally while we're, we're talking, but she understands like getting some, some meat and some protein in. Um, she understands it's okay to have a popsicle. Um, there's days where I'm like, eat the candy because I can't right. for my shows. I'm like, eat the donut, eat one for me too. Like, it's okay. <laughs> um, the biggest thing I try to just show her is like, everything, in my opinion, it's okay. As long right. as she's little kids are so picky that if she puts any if she's eating i'm like awesome you had something to eat i'm not going to argue with her about like totally. sit and eat your vegetables when you i already know you hate them i'm, I'm going to pick and choose those battles we've talked a little bit about your routine that's net like in a million years that would never work for me I'm, i can just say that like i just love, <laughs> i just love food too much but i i do think that there's a lot of people period who are like me right who know that they need to, to make a change and, and what they do is in their own minds are constantly justifying why uh, they should make that change tomorrow instead of today. So A, let's talk about some things that people can do that are easy, that are great for burning fat or just uh, getting your metabolism going um, and, and just talk about some of those and also the dangers of, of maybe going too hard too soon. Threw a lot at you. I am the simplest person. So it, there's so many, everything you just listed is all valid questions, but there's so many variables within that. So naturally, like when people have come to me for like, Hey, what can I be doing or what can I change? I start with like, what did you eat today? Okay. How much water do you drink? How active are you? How much, how many steps do you take a day? Do you go to the gym? What do you do? I mean, there's so much, so much, 
minor details that in a big picture, those little things pay off. Um, example, my own mother, um, she, I look, it's a good generational thing. So my parents raised children now at her older age is trying to figure out her health. Okay. Yeah. I watch her try to go sledding with the grandkids and I watch that. And I don't want to be, <laughs> no offense, mom, but like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be her age struggling in those ways. Right. And she watches me wondering how the hell I put myself first on my to-do list so that I can do everything else for everybody else and, and all these things. People finding the energy to go do things, they go from zero to 10. They go from doing nothing and then I'm going to start the keto diet tomorrow. And in my head, it's like, hold on, Karen, whatever. It's like, take a step back. Like, as simple as, I, I like for you, how much water did you drink today? If you were to, you know, answer that and then turn around and drink a little bit more for a week, that's a goal. That's a small goal. And I guarantee you, you're going to feel better in a week and feel accomplished. I always start there. Very simple, very basic um, on that sense. Okay, that seems easy enough. So just drink a little bit more water is my goal for next week. Um, How much water did you drink today? I need to know. Uh, I probably had like maybe 12 ounces. Is that like, um, do you include the water that goes into my coffee as water? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. How about the water that's in my Diet Coke? I mean, it's a fluid, but let's just hold no, on. No, I mean, I, I probably had like a glass and a half of water today. So my point with that is like that's self-awareness right there. You're, you're identifying one small thing. It's not, I'm not saying tomorrow you're going to go to the gym and you're going to go six days a week and you're going to do all these things you've never done. I'm asking you to just pay attention to what you're already doing. Totally. So tell someone to like change their lifestyle. That's where people set themselves up to fail in the long run. I, I want to ask you this because I think this is a better way to get the, the answer that I want from you. <laughs> you are someone that is uh, very well versed in, in the gym. So yep. if you were really hard pressed, you have to go to the gym, you're going to get a workout in, um, but you only got 20 minutes. What does that workout look like for you? If you, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to get the most out of that, that small amount of time. Depends on my goal at the time of the season that I'm in. Um, right now, cardio is not in my plans as much or it can dwindle away. So I would go and I would superset everything. So I would pick two muscle groups knowing my brain works that if I have the time to go to the gym, I'm going to go. And if I hit two muscle groups, if tomorrow it ends up being a rest day because my kid is sick or I can't show up, um, I know the day before I, I hit two muscle groups, I supersetted them real quick and I can be in and I, I can be out. So when you say superset, what is a superset? I always start with like a primary lift, for example, I'll do like shoulder presses, okay, mm -hmm. primary lift. And then after that, I will do back-to-back -back exercises with like secondary, so like lat raises um, and like rear delts. That's all you really, like you hit those three different angles within the shoulders, you're done. You don't, you, there's no reason to be at the gym for two hours. So, so you're kind of a tactician though. I mean, you're, you're going... How many different muscle groups are you, like, over the course of a week, are you, how, what are you hitting, like, 10 muscle groups? No. no. I mean, I pay attention to, like, the legs. I'll do legs one twice a week. Okay. And then 
arms, so like shoulders, triceps, biceps, and my back will be split between two or three days. So on a given day, like my setup would be legs, and then the next day I would do shoulders and chest, and then I'd do back and biceps. Gotcha. I just had all the groups. And so you're doing the gym, what, five to six days a week? No? This week I've gone twice. Okay. <laughs> so So if I was going just three days a week, you would say yeah. do legs twice or once? Day. And then you could, I would just do it once. If you're going three times a week, do legs one day, you're the next day you could do like back biceps and then you could do shoulders, chest and triceps in another day. Gotcha. And it, and I've done some reading and I've read that um, actually lifting weights is better than cardio as far as burning fat. Is there any truth to that? calories so you're going to overall burn more calories gotcha. and i think people's head the look that they want they think comes from doing cardio and burning the fat what's act like the looks overall that i've gotten like from lifting weights has come from the the, the muscle mass and the shaping of the body and then cardio to burn off you know obviously is going to burn the fat um but the biggest thing is like being in a, a calorie deficit so it all small goals, but eventually learning how much you're consuming during the day. Mm -hmm. Most people probably, when, when eating clean, nutrient-dense um, foods, they're probably not eating enough food, and they could probably eat more. Um, those, all those things combined will equal the results. So, it, you know, I, I've, all, I've read that there's this idea that there's a bad time to eat. Is that true? This is how I'm going to break it down for you. With, so you can be six, like set up to succeed, okay? When is a good time for you to fit in anything for the gym? When do, would you normally be able to go? When and, would, and versus when would you want to go? It would be a PM thing. So, I mean, I would ideally want to go after my wife goes to bed. So I'm not, uh, you know, sacrificing. Yeah, I'm not sacrificing any time with my son or sacrificing time with the wife. That's when you're going to go. That's it. at the end of the day, like if I was to be like tomorrow, you're going to wake up at eight o'clock and you're going to do fasted cardio. What? Like that's going to set you up to fail. Like if you were to see like my gym schedule with my daughter's schedule, I go when I can, not when I want to. So like today I had extra time so I could go, but other days it happens out of it around her schedule. Not if I could wake up and go to the gym and then shower and go to work every day, that would be like amazing. But realistically, that doesn't fit my life. I've worked out at 10 o'clock at night. I've worked out at four in the morning to get it done. Right. So it, it, it mines up and down. If you go when it makes the most sense for you to succeed. Okay. So this is what I think we're going to do. We're going to do more water. We are okay. going to do three days of exercise. We're going to post the before picture on our Instagram page. And I'm going to uh, maybe not every day post uh, a food journal. I, I haven't decided how I want to do this from the food standpoint. I, I, yeah, I think every day would be a lot. But, um, you know, the idea being that, uh, you know, I'm going to have breakfast and, you know, we're going to shoot for some of those proteins and, uh, and, and healthy words that you were mentioning. Um, what are some protein sources, please? <laughs> oh, well, well, so here's the thing. I actually like to cook. So, oh, what your knowledge is here. <laughs> well, no. So, I mean, like for me, protein would be you know, chicken, beef, fish, um, 
pork. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not picky when it comes to the proteins. Um, I'm sure chicken and fish are the uh, ideal ones for, you know, going more lean. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that, um, you know, if I'm having steak and vegetables and, and I, but I'm not having like a huge hamburger with fries, I think that's probably a win exactly. on your end, right? It's as long as you're aware of what's happening. Um, example, if you wanted to track something like write down when you drink the water could be mm. a small goal to get you to eventually drink, um, tracking your food, tracking food is a kind of a, it's a tedious kind of a thing. So I can see not doing that just yet. Get used to just like, Hey, when I check in with you again, how much water have you been drinking? Instead of just being like, I don't know, a cup or two. Like I had 64 ounces today. <laughs> like, like, well, Perfect. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll hold off on the food journal. We're going to be water journaling for this next week. Um, you know, I will be working with Angela on some of our meals and uh, just and more so bouncing ideas off of what we're having and, and ways that maybe we could do that. You know, when I know that I'm having uh, maybe a calorie dense meal that is not so much great for us, maybe that's when I'll, I'll shoot you over a text and say, hey, uh, this is what we're having for dinner. And I'd love to figure out a way to make this a little bit better for us because what we don't want to be doing as well as kind of you mentioned is, um, you know, we're already uh, making a meal for a chef and a meal for us a, a lot of times. Um, I don't want to now be making like a third meal where it's, you know, now I'm, you know, we're something for Lita, something for me and then something for chef. So yeah, I'd like it to be something that we, you know, we all enjoy. And she's actually really good about a trying new things and, and be uh, aiming for healthier things. She's much better than I am. So um, that shouldn't be a problem on our end. Um, Angela, before we go, I want to give you a chance to plug anything you have going on, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, bikini athlete related or, uh, you know, anything related to your work or you want to promote? I think the only thing right now would be if you want to follow along with my school progress. Um, that's been interesting and I've been trying to share a lot on that um, on my Instagram. Um the my username is at Angela underscore when N-G-U-Y-E-N-Z-E-L. Um, I share a lot of just my mom life on there. Yeah, it's a good follow. Uh, New Dad is a follower. Uh, we'll have that Instagram handle. We probably just already inserted it while you were talking. So uh, if you are a fan of Angela, you want to see more of her, please follow her on Instagram. Uh, Angela, thank you for coming. Uh, we will have Angela back in four weeks for our next progress report episode. By then we will have a new addition. Solomon Pappas will have arrived. So we will see how that changes, uh, you know, my motivation. I should be doubly motivated at that point. If I already have one, one or two eyes, I add a third one in there. Um, and, uh, and that should be, you know, ex well, but beyond exciting for us. Um, I'm hoping that I can uh, hold on and uh, you guys all listening can keep me accountable on some of these things I'm going to be trying to, to improve upon. And Angela, thank you so much again for setting aside some of the time I don't know how you have. I'm, I don't, I don't, I shoot, you're probably like doing squats underneath that desk or something. <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much for joining us. It's, uh, you know, it it's, it feels good knowing I have you on my side and uh, just having someone, um, you know, in my corner. So I will uh, look forward to speaking with you, you know, throughout the weeks and also look forward to having you back. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. All right. We will go.
hear from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, we will have a psychologist, Jess Schulman, here to tell me how crazy I am. Go to our sponsor, Sleep Six Mattresses. Sleep Six. Sleep made simple. Make the most of what you get. Welcome back. This is Uncle Tickles. I am here with our second professional or expert of the evening. We have Dr. Brennan. Dr. Brennan, uh, please introduce yourself to all of Uncle Tickles' lovely listeners and watchers. I am Dr. Jessica Brennan, and I am a clinical psychologist, and I am also a mom to a four-year-old and four-month-old boys, two boys. Awesome. So we, we have you on tonight. This is our uh, first progress report episode. Um, and as I've uh, been explaining to our audience, the, the idea of this is I've identified some areas in my life. And these areas are um, areas in which I think I can see improvement with a minimal amount of effort and exertion on my end uh, that would have a, a maximum impact in my overall life, uh, both with my son, my wife, and the people around me. So earlier in the episode, I, I kind of outlined those, those areas. And so one was uh, my role as a husband with my wife. Um, you know, so we talked about things like uh, just small things I can do around the house, picking up my socks, putting my laundry away right after it's out of the wash. Mm-hmm. Um, that would go a long way. Um, it, does. <laughs> it does go a long it way. Does, I, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've also identified... Uh, a number of things in the realm of health and nutrition. So okay. just becoming more active, um, watching what I eat more. And, and again, these aren't necessarily geared towards, uh, you know, being a more clean individual or being skinny. They're more geared towards setting examples that I want my son to, to see and then also mimic. And then hopefully himself, he doesn't have the same struggles that I have where you know, these were skills that maybe weren't learned early, and now I'm kind of behind the eight ball learning them. So that's why you're here. We're going to okay. talk Very a little nice. bit about the psychology of habit forming. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So, Dr. Brennan, first, uh, if you could just explain the psychology of uh, why people form bad habits or and why it's hard to break those habits and form good habits. Well, uh, habits are very behavioral. So it kind of comes down to the theory of behaviorism. And so much of that is based on reinforcement, right? You know, you kind of think about in a moment what feels good. uh, We want to keep doing it, right? As soon as you try something, like think about the first time you tried something that felt really good, right? For example, maybe having a glass of wine, right? right? And you experience that and it feels good. It, you know, might take a little time to develop a taste for it, but ultimately it's this reinforcing experience. And so you want to keep doing it. And so regardless if it's deemed or judged perhaps as good or bad, it's kind of in the moment what the experience around it is. And so it's really kind of, again, coming down to this reinforcement and... um, So we have a little Pavlov's dogs going on there. Exactly. Exactly. I paid attention in Psychology 101. Yeah, Psych 101. (laughs) Yeah, going down to the basics. Um, And which is very interesting because so much of children's learning is behavioral. Gotcha. And so kind of right when we want them to learn something, what do we do? We repeat it over and over again, right? Here's this, you know, and so here's that, you know, or with words and language, um, you know, trying to teach them mama, mama, and you point, you look until they start to mimic or repeat. And then when they do something, you know, that we want them to, we clap, 
right? Right. And when they do something we don't want them to, we perhaps either explain why not, or we might even take something away. And so it's kind of this positive um, or negative reinforcement. Gotcha. And so go ahead. No. So, um, so in my case, right, you know, there are these, um, you know, I, I, I've, for lack of a better term, referred to it as laziness, right? And, or, or lack of willpower, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. I'm sure there's, there's different uh, terms in the mm-hmm. medical field. And my reward for that is not doing something that I don't enjoy doing, you know, or being able to spend that time that I would be spending it doing something I enjoy more, whether it be watching TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have tips uh, for adults, people our age, anyone who might be listening, who's who's been putting off making a change um, that that they know they've wanted to make or that would benefit them, but for whatever reason, they find themselves, uh, you know, just having a hard time kind of tightening their bootstraps and, uh, and, and just doing it. Well, yes. And I think that the, one of the first things that I would suggest is kind of looking at the way that you are defining the behavior, right? And your first automatic response to that or even judgment is lazy, right? And mm-hmm. it, it kind of can be this catch-all when you say, oh, well, I'm just being lazy. And so that way I don't need to do it. I don't have to do it. I don't want to do it. But ultimately, it can be very empowering to have a little bit of compassion around it and understand why don't you want to do something in the moment. Mm -hmm. So, for example, let's say, what's an example of something that you're wanting to kind of introduce or do more of as a good habit or positive habit? So we'll say uh, just being more mindful of when I leave something out, you know, whether it be a a water glass or Mm -hmm. a paper plate or a a pair of my socks that I just removed. You know, these are things that I I don't even know if I'm consciously doing it, but it's Mm -hmm. just, it's, I'm 38 years old. I've perhaps not developed this habit of doing it right away. Mm -hmm. So the idea of being mindful of it is hard. It's almost like breathing, right? Like mm-hmm. the socks thing. I take my socks off. I'm not even aware I'm doing it while I'm doing it, right? And the socks just end up all over the house. And they end up like near the couch or yeah, on the so floor. Yeah. I, I know about that. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard. Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so there's an example of one small thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it seems harmless enough, but then over time, right? Uh, it happens enough times in a week. And for the person who's not uh, committing, you know, that, that household foul, we'll call it, mm-hmm. um, it's annoying. And it, and it can become something that, that starts off as maybe a, you know, a very trivial annoyance to growing to be something that you know, turns into resentment and then into mm-hmm. a stronger resentment over time. So that's what I'm trying to avoid. And also, okay. I think the, my hope is that the attempt, you know, the, the idea that my spouse sees me making these efforts to be more mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the short term, I know it's not going to, it's not like I'm going to flip a switch and I'm all of a sudden going to fix this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though to some people who are sitting there thinking like, why don't you just fucking pick up your socks? It should be that easy. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's a habit that I'm trying to develop and okay. something new. So um, time that, that helps make the idea of, uh, you know, this annoyance, you know, when it does happen because it's happening less frequently or because it's like, Oh, well, hit, I haven't seen a pair of socks in two weeks, so I'm I'm actually not going to be mad. I'll say something. Hey, Tommy, can you bring these up? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, the kind of behavior you're wanting to enforce, reinforce being picking up the socks and the behavior that you're trying to decrease being leaving the socks, so to speak, around. Yes. Okay. So, I think one of the it, – it, from my perspective, it can be something that's very cognitive and behavioral, right? Mm-hmm. There's And we also have to take into account, too, the emotional piece. So I tend to come from this very cognitive behavioral 
background as a groundwork, which looks at the connection between cognitions, behaviors, and feelings. Gotcha. And for like layman's out there, cognition, uh, what thoughts, was that? Thoughts. thoughts okay. Beliefs. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yep. yep. So yep. actions thoughts. and thoughts and yep. beliefs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so with that being said, taking even a step back from that, I think it's also important for individuals to develop kind of and acknowledge their beliefs about themselves and looking at your intention, right? Your intention behind this is to create a space that is more conducive for living for both you and your partner, right? You and your wife. And so just looking at the intention there and you're wanting to do something positive, could it be possible that you cut yourself a little slack? Yeah. Well, I I mean, and I think with certain things I do, Mm -hmm. I I mean, and I tend to, there are other items where I I think, okay, I, I do deserve a little slack. But with this item, I do think it's something that is, for most people who mm-hmm. grew up, um, you know, in a household where there was a lot of nice structure mm-hmm. and, you know, these sort of things were impressed upon them early, you know, they're probably listening to this thinking like, this is really stupid, but, um, you know, socks can be very yeah, metaphorical. Well, well there's socks and, and this, I think, and, and maybe there's a better example and, and, I, and I'll, I'll stick include this. Socks. Yeah. Well, we can stick with socks, but, um, uh, with my relationship with my wife, I'm I'm very non-confrontational, right? And so with that, I attribute that very much to having grown up in a household where there was, you know, some explosive confrontations between my parents. Um, I still have stitches on this hand from the, from when I was two years old. They were in an argument. I didn't want to interrupt them, so I tried cutting an apple by myself. So you know, I I've I've come to find that this aversion to conflict in my life, I tie it very much back to my upbringing. Um, and I've seen it in times with with my wife where, you know, I probably should or could say something and 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 don't because of this aversion to to conflict. Right. Um, and I and I know even though it might in the sh- in the short term be painful, but long term beneficial for us, mm-hmm. I still have a hard time sometimes working up that, you know, that courage, I guess, to to do something that I'm not very comfortable doing. Sure. Right. And I think so kind of going back to the. Cutting, self, cutting oneself some slack, so to speak, and that recognizing... Now, that doesn't mean that holding yourself accountable. I think that can mean that you recognize that you want to change and acknowledge that it's hard. Gotcha. And that you don't necessarily say, I'm just lazy, but you recognize that perhaps it is a lifetime of habits or a lifetime of developing a certain set of beliefs, such as if I and confrontational X, Y, and Z might happen, or that's not going to be comfortable for me. So I think understanding your belief system or thoughts behind it can allow a little bit more space between the thoughts and the behaviors or the habits, so to speak, and the feelings that they cause, right? Because if you kind of look at yourself and reflect on, oh, I left my socks again, you know, I'm such an asshole, then it's going to be hard to Find that kind of compassion within yourself, which makes it feel almost um, very discouraging to create change. Totally. Right? It's like, I can't do this. This is too hard. I, you know, this doesn't feel right. I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just a lot of negative self-talk. So in the sense of cutting self one slack, you know, kind of recognizing that um, you are trying your best and that doesn't mean it's not hard. Right. And I guess uh, another question I have, yeah. you know, because I do... I do agree with you to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. in my own personal experience, I found that perhaps I maybe cut myself too much slack. Okay. And and one example, you know, just I had uh, an expert on right before you for talking about fitness and nutrition. 
And with changing my eating patterns, what I, I tend to do is I tend to cut myself a, sl- a lot of slack, you know? So I fi- I'll find myself uh, at, at a point when it's, I, you know, I want to get on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that day perhaps I, I was the one to get up and get Shep off to daycare. And then I worked all day. And then I got home and, uh, you know, maybe got home with Shep, you know, was mm-hmm. the one that picked him up, got him ready for dinner, did some podcast stuff, watched a little TV. And then by the time it's ready to, it's time to go do that exercising, I, I can cut myself a little too much slack or negotiate. There's a, this internal dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds something like, hey, you know, you had a really tough day and, I, and you really kind of deserve something nice for yourself. So maybe don't run today. We'll run tomorrow. And tonight what we'll do is we'll actually, we won't just have a normal dinner. We'll have a special loaded dinner because tomorrow you start running and okay. then this whole change starts, right? And that's the dialogue that happens internally. And, and it's very convincing, you know, this this voice in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I end up more times than not, you know, succumbing to it. Sure. And then we get to the next day where I'm supposed to make the change and that dialogue starts up again. Well, you know what? Today's not really a great day. Mm-hmm. Maybe actually Thursday would be the best day. Okay. And so I do cut myself slack almost to a dangerous level. So if there's someone out there that is maybe similar to me, um, you know, that that does something, is there um, another piece of advice or is there a, another tactic you would use, uh, you know, you know, uh, coinciding with the cutting yourself some slack? So a lot of people have very similar experiences to you in that there's oftentimes a self-negotiation. There's something that they want to do and they often find, find themselves in this place of in the moment not wanting to or ultimately avoiding. Totally. So I see this on intervention a lot. Mm -hmm. Actually, people who do, you know, when it's time to go to intervention, they they have this last high where a lot of them will overdose. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, like and I get scared because I see so many similarities or parallels between the thought pattern, between what they're going through and what I'm going through. And I think often that can be looked at as this kind of all or nothing thought pattern. Right. It's I am going tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to be so good. Right. So to speak, I'm going to you know, run and I'm going to eat only carrots and celery and it's going to be all good. So tonight I got to just go balls to the wall. Yeah. And in your experience, how does that type of thinking, where does that often lead you? Leads me to another day of that same pattern where, Mm -hmm. again, where I find a way to talk myself out of the positive behavior that I want to reinforce and find myself indulging in the negative behavior that I'm trying to shake. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of it can come back to how we perceive things in terms of kind of even stepping a little bit back of what the goals are. What is it that you want, right? If your goal or the habit that you're trying to create is going back to the glasses, right? Or the socks mm-hmm. or a cup, on, yeah, maybe yeah. a cup, um, totally. you know, it, it might be, I'm going to, today, I'm going to make it my goal to pick up this one glass or this one cup. And then finding some small reward if you accomplish that mm-hmm. yeah, and, as far as your reinforcement. It doesn't, and it, you know, a, a positive, healthy goal, right? Mm-hmm. Or a, a reinforcement. And that it can even be some positive self-talk. Okay, I did yeah. that, you know. But to wake up, and oftentimes the pattern that people fall into is, I am never going to leave a cup out again. I am never going to leave my socks out again. If I do it, you know, I, that means that I'm this type of person or I'm just not in tune or I'm not mindful and kind of this kind of all-encompassing, very judgmental statement whereas you know let's say you're in the position of telling a friend 
you know, if a friend was coming to you and saying, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time leaving my socks out. Would you say, oh, you're the worst, man. <laughs> right. <You suck."> no, <laughs> I, really, I mean, I, to, but that's the thing. It's right. And then I think that's an important thing about uh, relationships, right, is that sometimes what may not be big to you is mm-hmm. very important to another person. And it's not even so much that the act of leaving the sock out is what's important. It's the fact that it seems like a careless act or you're not being thoughtful of that other person because that other person is the one left picking it up because it annoys them. Absolutely. But what I want to ask you, is that true? Is is your intention behind leaving the sock out Truly, that you don't care. Well, of course not. It's ah, not. Yeah, it's okay. of, of course. Yeah, and I mean, that's where I come back yeah. to kind of the cutting this off some slack because often, you know, it can be very discouraging. You just think, oh, you know, I just I can't do this, and ultimately, I'm just showing my partner that I just I can't do enough, and it can and that can even lead to kind of this double resentment piece. Oh yeah, well yeah, and 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 that's really what I you know on top what I'm trying to avoid on top of. Uh, exponentially making things, you know, worse because mm-hmm. you get to a point where you realize, okay, this is something that needs to, you know, it needs to be addressed and it needs, it needs to stop for both of us because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to feel bad about it anymore. And I don't want this person to, to be upset by it anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, you know, a, in large part why this podcast has happened, right. Mm-hmm. Is because I've, I've gotten to this point where, uh, it's not just with her, you, you know, her being my wife, you know, it's, it's not just that I want to address things and, and fix things that I see frustrating her. It's that I also see things that down the road would potentially uh, frustrate me in regards to how I see myself as a, as a father to Shep. Right. Yeah. And, and it's also, I want him to look at me and see and and this might not be the case right now, right? Like he might not remember 20 years from now that, mm-hmm. you know, dad, when I was 18 months old, decided to start picking up his socks and he did it and I'm proud of him, right? But, you know, I think that if I start this snowball, you know, where yeah. you start identifying and addressing the things that, uh, you know, you can, you know, because there are a lot of things in life that we can't control, right? And those things... Um, Most things. Yeah, and I think a lot of people get caught up on those things. You yeah. know, it's like you have a sick family member and you're not a doctor and you know you get so caught up on on that person's uh physical well-being and your helplessness surrounding it you mm-hmm. know well these are things i can i can help right and th- and there is something that is empowering you yeah. know it's it's empowering when you when you see something about yourself you don't like and you address it and you fix it mm-hmm. and especially when you can see the gratitude or you can see how gratifying it is for the people around you right reinforcement that's the reinforcement yeah, yeah. And so going a little bit back in terms of the very basic behavioral piece, something that you could do as a tip or tricks, you know, kind of away from the cognitive piece and your perspective around it all is to perhaps at the end of the night, even if it's an alarm that you set on your phone, Mm -hmm. like before you go to bed, whenever that might be, like maybe 20 minutes before, just set something that says pick up socks. Totally. Yeah. And pick up the socks. Yeah, and that's easy enough, right? Yeah. And it might be, let's say in the moment, you're like, oh, I'm super tired. I don't feel like it. I'm really comfortable on this couch. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like picking up the socks. Ultimately, what is your goal in all of this? What is kind of the out, the way off kind of long distance goal in the socks? It's kind of more of this metaphorical Well, it's it's sense. The idea is that, you know, it, it's, there's multiple, uh, outcomes that that I want to see you know the first one is the immediate which is my wife's happier okay you know she's happier which makes 
hopefully me happier. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other thing that is, you know, I want my son to see not just his dad have, uh, you know, showing these these good habits and mm -hmm. then he can then uh, follow those and mimic those. But also the a healthy idea of what a, a good relationship is. Right. Mm -hmm. I want him to be the type of guy that grows up and whether he likes man or woman, whoever he falls in love with, I want him to be the type of person who would, uh, you know, rather than hear something from his partner mm -hmm. um, that's saying like, hey, I don't like this and say, well, you know, fuck you. That's your problem. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the type of person to stop and think, well, okay, can I, can I change this? Is this something I can, I can do for them? Am I willing to do this? Is, you know, is this a big ask? Is it a small ask? Is this a compromise of, of who I am? Or is this just something that is really, um, you know, not asking very much of me and, and something. And that's how I look at some of these things. Like other things I think are, are, you know, some are going to be harder. But, you know, the, the socks one I threw out there is just because I look at that as a low-hanging fr low fruit. Yeah. It should be easily, you know, easily addressed. And it's just it's just a bat, a careless habit that mm -hmm. I think I could be more mindful of and address and fix. And like I said, it goes a long way. Absolutely. And so I think in those moments, what can be empowering, right? Mm -hmm. Because going back to this idea of control, the only thing that we are in control of is our own behavior totally. in that moment. Yep. Can't go back and change the past. Can't control the future. Whatever happens then will happen then. Yeah. And so in yourself, in that moment, asking yourself, what is going to be effective towards my goal of creating a more peaceful relationship with my wife and role modeling this behavior for my son? Totally. You know, I have the choice here to leave the socks or I can get up and pick them up. What is going to be most effective? Absolutely. What is going to be not effective? Yeah. But I do want to say that ultimately at the core of all of this, mm -hmm. I think the fact, the questions that you ask the desire, the intention to grow, to be the best husband, to be the best dad that you can be, is that's what it, it takes to make a good husband and dad. Yeah. So that intention there, regardless of what your behaviors are, regardless of, dare I say it, the socks? Or, <laughs> or lack of communication whatever or whatever. Whatever that yeah. might be, it's just at the core of it, who you are as a person, um, You can they really couldn't ask for a better partner or dad so you got that going for you so truly cheers yeah, cheers well that sounds like a great place to stop okay. uh, <laughs> great guy new dad uh we're gonna have jess on at our next progress report we're gonna talk about hopefully by that point i've made some progress you know these i don't know if progress reports the right name for this episode there's been a, a very uh huge lack of progress but um you know we have the dynamic mics going mm -hmm. there's our three, four episodes, if you include a bonus episode out of New Dad. So uh, it's not that I've been sitting on my keister, not doing anything. It's just that, uh, it, honestly, this has been more work than I expected. Um, the post-production, the pre-production, everything. Um, but now that I've started to get into a small groove, I'm hoping to spend some time on these other things that I think will go a, a lot longer. And that is the perfect for building new habits. There we go. I've been so busy with all of these other things like children and wife and all of that that it's yeah. been hard yeah, and there's been no shortage of to do's on the list exactly. as we're getting ready for baby number two yeah. um so but, uh, yeah I, i'm trying not to get too hard on myself about that but uh, at the same time i i do know that um, there has been opportunity to do that sort of thing i you know i've i've fallen short so while um it is disappointing it's not the end of the world but i have there's more time yep four weeks here to turn it around and i'm hoping this next uh progress report episode is much more eventful for uh, the listeners and for the experts that we have on here. 
And I'll be. Yeah, I like it was pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, well, for you, talking about all the stuff uh, that I'm not doing and why I'm not doing it is great. Our poor nutrition and fitness expert had to come on here, and I was like, well, I've been eating McDonald's for three weeks, and I can show you my Grubhub receipts. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah all this right. poor woman. Um, Angela has the same. Yeah, no, she did. No, yeah, she's got a little. Well, yeah, that's the silver lining. She's yeah. she's got plenty of room to work on that one. So, Jess, thank you so much for coming out oh, yeah. for for making some time for us. We know you on top of being a mom, you're also uh, you know have a lot of social calling. So um, it means a lot, and yeah. we will see you in four weeks. Sounds good. Stay right there, and we'll be back in a second. Thank you for tuning into our first progress report episode. As I said at the top of the show, we will not be having a full episode next week. We will just be doing a mini episode or just skipping it entirely. Not certain. Um, But if you have a craving for more new dad and you don't know where to get it, go to our Instagram, the new dad pod or our Facebook page on Facebook. And you can also become a supporter of new dad on Patreon. So find us there, and our first Patreon will receive a very special gift from Uncle Tickles himself, something you will not want to miss out on, and I think it will potentially make you a richer person, Um, if not monetarily, then in your soul. So thank you for tuning in. Prime cause, take us away. Get in the tune with what I'm in that groove, what I'm in that mood, and I'm in that mode, and I'm in that zone, what I'm in that flow, what I'm in that groove, what I'm in that mood, what I'm in that mode, and I'm in that zone, and I'm in that flow. Let's go, let's go, let's go.